The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Working Artist Project. I hope you all are having a wonderful, wonderful evening. And I'd like to welcome our co-host slash host, the man with the plan, the man with the master plan, Mr. Darian Douglas. What's up, Darian? What up, what up, Greg? What up, man? I'm happy to be here. We got a very special guest, man. I'm actually, I'm actually one of her biggest fans and she don't even know it. Um, I, I wanna, I don't wanna say I was stalking her on Instagram, but uh, slightly because like she's a beast, and I was like, wow, man, hopefully, hopefully one day I get to play with some, 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 some Mara Joy. And uh, so anyway, I know we got other things to talk about before we get to, to, to our guest, but I just had to get that in real quick. Hey, we're we're, we're very excited uh, for our guest this evening, and uh, it's actually kind of cool because we, we were just chit chatting for a brief moment before, and and ninety nine percent of the time we we kind of. We we have we've known whoever we're talking to or work with them or something like that. But tonight, this is the first time we're getting to know uh, Samara, so this is going to be really exciting, and uh, we'll, we'll, we hope to learn a lot. And uh, you know, also really excited to get to talk to one of the upcoming uh, vocalists and probably upcoming great vocalists of uh, the next generation of cats. So we're really excited to have her on tonight. Absolutely, a legend in waiting. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I called it first. <laughs> But, <laughs> but before we before we jump into the this week's episode, we do want to remind you guys to go check out our newsletter at secondlinearts.org. Sign up for it because every week, me or Greg gives you a one quadrillion, quadrillion, zillion dollar idea, and it's free, and it's only once a week. You know, it's not it's not like your old lady who always be hitting you up in a text and you don't be want to respond. See, we just, <laughs> we just gonna text you. <laughs> or your old man, whatever you got. Oh, no. We only hit you up once a week, right? Right, Greg? Definitely. So we hope you will sign up to the newsletter at secondlinearts.org. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, we have a bunch of things happening. This is actually, we're in the middle. Today was our first day of our fifth annual Sanaa Music Workshop. And it's, it's kind of surreal to think that this whole journey started five years ago with, uh, with our first workshop. I believe we had nine, nine, nine kids in the camp and and five years later, we we actually we, we were able to get 23, 24 kids to to join our virtual programming. And, um, yeah. and we were super pumped about it. We did a lot of great things. We had a, 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 a recording and mixing class today. What else we did? We did writing and arranging and uh, mm-hmm. some video mm-hmm. editing. Mm-hmm. So we're really looking forward Absolutely. to this week. And, you know, huge shout out to all the sponsors and people who made this uh, this camp possible and, and made it tuition free for the students this year. Absolutely, y'all. All right, with that, let's go ahead and jump right into this interview. And, and I want to go ahead and introduce the one and only Samara Joy to the Working Artist Project. Samara, you there? Yes, sir. I just got a text from hey. my old man. I had, to, I had to swipe it up, but <laughs> you text, he's like, "Hey, man, it's not Wednesday. It's not Wednesday. Leave me alone." He's like, "Date night is come on. You know I'm busy. You know I have things to do." <laughs> That's right. It's actually funny because I saw someone somewhere on Instagram they posted that little clip from um oh what's the the Spike Lee movie with um 
uh, Mobetta Blues. They they have the little clip oh, with Denzel upstairs shedding, and his girlfriend comes downstairs <laughs> right. and starts bugging. It's like, what time is it? It's two o'clock. I'm shedding. Right. Leave me alone. No, I'm practicing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you only around from the well, hour one to two. <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. One of my favorites, man. Well, I'm out here having a cool boy summer. I'm married, so I can't really have a hot cool. boy summer. So I'm having a cool, I'm having a cool boy summer, you know, drinking lots of water, you know, having a good time. Anyway, anyway, let's get to the music. <laughs> so we're 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 very excited to to kind of hear about your origin story and kind of how you got to the music about, you know, how did you come through the church? Did you come through your parents? What was the vibe on that? Um, so I was actually a very quiet kid. Um I didn't really start singing until mid to end of middle school. Um, but the influence that I grew up around my parents, my mom was really uh, secular into like, you know, disco and funk and all that kind of stuff. And my dad um, was more of the, the gospel side. So I did grow up in church, but not singing. I grew up more listening and taking it all in. Um, Thanksgivings, especially when, because my, my family is in Philadelphia and Delaware and you know, all these different places. So that's the one time uh, every year that we would all gather together and sing, um, which was really, really influential for me. Um, and I didn't come to jazz until my senior year of high school, but really not until college, which I just graduated from about a month ago. So happy. Wait, you just graduated from college? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, hey, gr- hey, Greg, we, we old, mm-hmm. man. We old. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So I, I, um, I joined the, the high school jazz band and I sang one standard with them for every concert. It was a Duke Ellington standard. I let a song go out of my heart. And that's the same one that I auditioned with. I only auditioned at one school that was Purchase College. I got in, I went, and from then on, being surrounded not only by professors like um, John Faddis and Kenny Washington, but my friends uh, introducing me to different uh, records and different singers and stuff like that, the repertoire classes and all that stuff. I just, I dove right in. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's super killer. I actually want to take a step back a little bit, but you were saying growing up that you come from a musical family and I kind of wanted to dig into that a little bit more because I think you come from a, quite an influential musical family and I wanted to, to hear more about oh, yeah. that. Yeah. So my, my paternal grandparents, Elder Goldwire and uh, Ruth McClendon, um, they started a group called the Savets of Philadelphia, ran or still running, I think they're on their 70th year now. Um, and my, my oh. grandfather who sings in that group, who was the leader of that group, he's turning 93 this September. Um, but yeah, that's where we come from. Like it's them, then my, my aunts and uncles all play piano and sing and play drums and play bass and everything. And it sort of trickled down to, to me. So that's, that's my, I'm really proud of, and and grateful to come from such a musical and, and creative family. Yeah. What was that like? Were were, were they like giving you lessons or were they like, you know, did they introduce you to jazz? How how did that come about? I didn't I really didn't grow up listening to jazz at all. I think the I mean the can I say snarky puppy? Is that like I, I knew I was listening to them in high school, but and like the yellow jackets and Jeff Wilbur Officially, no, stuff, you're not allowed yeah. to say that. I really, George oh. Duke. <laughs> right. right. I don't know. You know, I've got to get the get a feel for the vibe. It's been 10 minutes, but. Um, we'll know the conversation. Uh, yeah. 
but no, I didn't. I didn't really grow up listening to jazz. It came. It came mostly from end of high school into college. And my family, I would be this- imitating them. My dad is a singer songwriter, so I would be singing his songs, and just listening to what everybody else was listening to. So, wow, that's very interesting because I would have never thought that. I I, I would have thought that you were like one of those little. You know, not I mean, in the most respectful way, you know, because because I love everything you do, uh, jazz nerd kind of people, you know, uh-uh. those people who are like, yeah, I've been in jazz camp since I was five, and but you, yeah. <laughs> you, you're such a beast. You like, I just learned this last <laughs> week, and I'm the best. And you know what's funny? <laughs> I actually found out that my cousin by marriage, I don't know if you know a bass player named Mike Boone. Of course. Yeah, but that, he's my cousin by marriage, and his son, obviously, Makai Boone, wow. plays drums. And I'm actually going to be playing with them Wednesday in Philly. But I, we found out that the week after I won the Cerebron competition, I was like, oh, you play, you play bass? You know this, this, and that person? I'm like, oh, shoot, we got to hook up. So, yeah. But That's aside, from, aside from Wait, that, so where did, where... that family member, never know. Okay. Where did you actually grow Sorry. up, though? Grew up in New York, you, Bronx. Where, where did you, born and raised in New York, in the Bronx. Okay, all right, all right. Through and through, that's like that's kind of that's a rarity these days. I feel like this, it's kind of like New Orleans. If you come to New Orleans, you don't run into any New Orleanians anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody done left, migrated. Yeah, I think that's that's such an interesting thing. You know, to add to what Daria was saying too, just like having heard um, having heard you sung, I, I would have just assumed that you had been studying the greats like Ella and Sarah throughout your life and, and having a very intimate um, knowledge and experience with them. But that, that's very surprising to know that like you come from all these different roots, which is actually probably why you're so killing. That's so. <laughs> but I was wondering, so what, what's, what's the first jazz recording that you've completely fell in love with? Was there something that like you just heard and you're like, wait, what is this? It was a live video. It was a live yep. video of Sarah Vaughn singing Lover Man um, in Sweden. I think it was like 1961 or something like that. But I saw that live video. I was in school. I remember I was supposed to be doing homework and I was on the computers because they had Mac computers in there. So I was supposed to be doing arranging homework or something like that. But I found that my freshman year and I was like, first of all, this is incredible. Secondly, I got to learn how to do that because I'm always, I'm always immersing myself and listening, but also trying to imitate. So I was like, I, whatever she's doing right here and right there, I got to learn how to do that. And that from then on, I got into, well, my friends were into Fats Navarro and Tad Damlin and stuff like that. So I got into them and her singing with Billy Eckstein. And that was the group that Charlie Parker was in. I just, from Sarah Vaughn, from that live video, I was, I was hooked. Hmm. Wow. Just from that response, I can tell right away you are a student of the music because you didn't stop at Sarah Vaughn. You're like, okay, let me check these other people out and see what the vibe is, mm-hmm. you know? And so sure. it, I'm, I'm assuming you were already kind of doing that with, with Snarky Puppy and all these other people who, who are great and who are our friends, actually. Mm-hmm. So, so you were already exploring. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> oh, come on. We all remember when they used to come to New Orleans in a school bus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot. I met, I, met Snarky, I, met, I met Snarky Puppy years ago when I was in college and, and they were, and we'll, we'll get, we'll, after this, I can tell you it's a long story, but I've been on them for a long wow. time. Mike League and all those guys, yeah, before way before the Grammys, mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah. But uh, anyway, I was just saying that you're a student of the music, and so were were you studying that music and like I don't know R and B or I'm assuming you Twenty One Beyonce and that's that's your vibe, right? Kind of, sorta. 
It depends. It depends on the day. But you mean like I'm listening to jazz alongside of listening to like modern, like contemporary stuff? What I mean is like on your way to listening to jazz, before you oh. listen to jazz, where you where you studying this other music like hard, like studiously trying to emulate it or where you just... I was just trying to emulate Kim Burrell. I was trying to emulate Layla Hathaway. Uh, and I didn't really think of it as studying. I was just listening, you know, over and over again. My, my dad gave me this, this iPod Generation 1. See, I can hang with y'all. iPod, the Generation 1. <laughs> 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 it had all this, it had all of this all of this music on it and so I would be I just put it on shuffle and just listen to whatever was on there and try to imitate it but um yeah I didn't I didn't really think of it as, as studying at the time but it was definitely a lot of, of repetition as far as uh imitating other singers that's what's up I love that I, I'm starting to feel old I don't know about you this is <laughs> <laughs> I was born in 1999. <laughs> Oh my God! There you dude. go. There you go. All right. All right. So, <laughs> it, was, it was nice having you. Well, we'll see you all next week with another episode. Listen, I like, I, mean, I like instinct. I like voice to men. You know what I mean? I'm done with y'all. All right. All right. You down with? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's too good. So, <laughs> so, so you graduated. So, did you just graduate college yes. uh, this past May? Mm-hmm. Congratulations! Thank that's that's much. a huge accomplishment. That's that's. So, what are you gonna do with that hundred thousand dollar piece of paper? Yeah, ex- <laughs> take that down a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> 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 but I actually, I, ooh, wait, say it one more time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was I, I was kind of kidding, but but you know it's. But you know, in, in all honesty, it's like it's such a, a huge accomplishment for anyone to to go through schooling, and you know, it's it's a big step in in going through life. And you know, the best part is you you could get any job now, and you have that that credential, and you never have to do it again. And if you need it, you got it. And if you don't need it, you're good. You know. True. Um, but I would just you know, like as a as a young person now, like we're coming out of this whole COVID situation, and you know, you're, you're leaving school and you're, sent, you know, you're, you're entering the world as an adult in this post-COVID environment. And I was just kind of wondering like how, how you saw that, how, how you see the next couple of years of your life going. I, I, I wanted to be full of new experiences for sure. Like playing with, playing with people and getting performing experience and sort of coming into my own as far as uh, discovering my sound and what I want to do with the music that I've been studying so far. Um, but I don't, I honestly, I couldn't, I just, I can see myself singing a lot of different places and in, in getting performing experience, but beyond that, I'm not sure. And goal like right now to kind of, to be out there as a band leader and, and kind of get your name Both. out there. Band leader and sideman. Mm-hmm. Just playing. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. school, I mean, whew, just going, trying to go to jam sessions and being out and then having to come back and do an assignment and like focus on both, you know, school of school of going to sessions and the school of just regular school. Like, I, I feel like I, I didn't miss out, but now I finally have time to establish certain connections with people in the community and not just in my school community. So... I think that that's going to be the focus for now. 
Maybe a lot of people who aren't musicians might not understand the difference between getting a music education in school and oh. med- getting a music education out in the sessions and, and, and on gigs. And maybe could you dig into a little bit like uh, the, the difference between those two learning styles and, and why it's so important for musicians to, to again, like be, do the academic thing, but you need to be out in the streets playing in clubs? Well, I think the connections made at school were definitely important as far as uh, getting taught by professors who are who have been on the scene for a long time, and who who can who can give you not give you shortcuts, but just you know tell you certain things that they've learned, and you can take it with a grain of salt and and sort of take it along with you in your experience plan. But um, getting the theory and harmony, getting the jazz history, Kenny Washington, that was like the best course I've ever taken, ever. Uh, <laughs> Um, and even this past year, I, I took transcription with, with Professor Faddis and along with learning solos, he was like, you know, you should try to write lyrics. And I was like, nah, that's the point. But it was an assignment. So I had to do it. <laughs> and I actually ended up really loving it as well as taking arranging class and having to write big band charts. Like I, that's something I never expected myself to be able to do or something that I may never do again, but the, the experience of having to do it, like making making a big band chart, I was like, oh shoot, I actually can do this. But if I had never been in school, I would have never gotten an opportunity. So um, there's a lot of different elements that, that school is definitely helping with. And I think it's important for musicians to experience that as well as learning from learning from people on the scene. But what's it like being out out late at night learning on the scene? But like how does that differ? Child, I'm tired. No, I'm. I, it's cool. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be like around around midnight. Mm, it begins to tell. Hit the hit the train. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's fun. It's definitely it's fun. I I am a homebody before the pandemic, so I feel like I've gone through two pandemics now because I've I was always home. Um, but. Uh, just meeting meeting different people like I, I didn't hang around singers a whole lot so now getting the opportunity to hear other singers and see the other musicians that they would play with and it's like oh shoot can you do this like can you make this like just just making those connections not from just being the leader on the gig but like going out to see people play and being like oh shoot you know I really like your playing do you want to do this sometime or just that that aspect of it I felt like I was missing out on but now I, I had the opportunity to sort of delve in it one one night at a time, not every night. I'm, I'm not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I want to go ahead and um, take a moment and let our audience hear hear what you oh, can gosh. do. So we're going to play a tune of yours right now, and then we'll talk about it as soon as it's off. Here we go. <laughs> You're calling me down I want you to smile But you give me the frown It's easy to see That the trouble with me is you I'm taking you out But you're taking me in Calling it quits When I want to begin It's easy to see That the trouble with me is you Just when I know That my heart says go You stop When I start to feel high, you let me drop with a flop. You're brushing me off and you're leading me on. 
tell me you'll stay, then I find that you're gone. It's easy to see why I happen to be so blue. Cause the trouble with me is you. That my heart says go, you stop Then when I start to feel high You let me drop with a flop You're brushing me off and you're leading me on Tell me you'll stay, then I find that you're gone It's easy to see why I happen to be so blue Cause the trouble with me It's so easy to see Cause the trouble with me That's crazy, you know? That's insane. It, yo, y'all got y'all gotta dig this too because her brand new record is gonna be out July. Tell me which date? July July 9th. July 9th. And it's self-titled. Yes, sir. And so this this is this is on the record, right? Yes, this tune. And, and so y'all gotta go out and get that record as soon as you can. You can go check it on. I'm sure she's gonna have it on Bandcamp, and it's that's gonna be the best place to do it. Because uh, believe it or not, streaming music does not help artists. So get your ass out there on Bandcamp and buy it. You know what I mean? You order CD and vinyl. So, oh, you know what? I want the vinyl. I want yeah. the vinyl. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, where were those lyrics in my life last year? The, tr- the problem with me is you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Greg, this is not therapy, man. No, not th- <laughs> so, could you tell us who, who's on the record? And um, yeah, who, who's on the record? And what was the name of the track? So, the name of that track is called "It's Easy to See." The trouble with me is you. I heard that first sung by Nat King Cole. Um, and who you hear on the track actually is a bass player by the name of Ari Roland, played with Renee Fournier as well as Betty Carter. And uh, Italian guitarist uh, Pasquale Grasso, a student of Barry Harris. Hey. So, yeah. Oh, y'all know him too? Oh, shoot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all bit around the block. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, y'all look, y'all look great. At least these cameras are doing y'all justice. Your skin looks great. Uh, <laughs> 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 hey, hey, man. Samara out here, she getting on us, y'all. She getting on us. I'm, I'm not that old. I'm only 36, you know. I, I, you know. <laughs> See why you had to go and say that? I was helping you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so, so Samara, so this is—is is this your first record? This is your debut CD, right? Yes. What was yes. it like? What was it like making a record? Whew, it was quick, man. We only had three rehearsals 
the month of October. And then the end of the month is when we, we got into the restorative, the studio and we recorded uh, over the course of two days. Yeah. So you, uh, you were working with uh, the producer, uh, Matt, uh, I'm sorry, what was his last name? Matt uh, Pearson. 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 Matt Pearson. So, yep. so like t- talk about like, what is the concept behind the record? What inspired you to, to select the songs? Like, is there, is there a message behind the record? Like what's, 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 what's the deal? So I wanted it to be songs that I had found over the course of the past three years of studying um, and songs that I had come across and that I have a personal connection to. Um, so it, we whittled it down from maybe like 40 to those to those 11 or 12 that we have. I think we have a bonus track. But um, yeah, I wanted I didn't want it to be too you know flashy or anything like that. It's like these are the songs that I really have come across and that I've loved these past couple of years. And I want it to be the first thing that people hear from me as far as paying, paying homage to the greats and the people that I've listened to. Um, in the sort of stripped back acoustic setting of, of guitar, bass, and drums, um, it really helped to uh, convey that message of, of songs that I really love, songs about love. And, and well, I can't, I can't say that I have a real personal connection to all the stories because I haven't, as people tell me, I haven't lived enough yet. But um, Songs that I really love listening to. I love the melody. I love the way my favorite singers interpret it, interpret them. So, yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of your coming out party, kind of introducing the world to Samara mm-hmm. and, and what your vibe is. But I, I like how you put that because, but also because you're, you're leaving yourself room because you said that this is your acoustic sound. And so next you might come out with your hard rock album or your, you know, Neo Soul joint or whatever. I don't know, whatever... Whatever music is inside you, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. Do you? Do you? Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> is the record? Is the record? Are you guys coming out with through a, a record label, or are you self-releasing it? Whirlwind Recordings. Yeah, it's a UK label. Okay. UK label. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. And also, so so just just to to let everyone know, also, so this record is the, your deba- de- debut into the world. But prior to that, you were the uh, the winner of the international Sarah Vaughn competition. So I guess this is is that in any way tied into the? I, I, isn't there a prize that you get to make a record after the competition, or how does that work? No, I was actually the first year where it was not that was not part of the prize um, of winning. Um, what, what was supposed to be was supposed to be uh, money and a slot at Newport Jazz Festival, but because of the pandemic, it's been pushed back. Um, so I think I'm I'm doing Newport next summer, I believe. So got the money, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. You know, okay. That's all. <laughs> let's, let's just make sure. <laughs> We and can't it went postpone that. It went. <laughs> it went into to funding the album, which I was really grateful for. So. Well, that's beautiful. I think a lot of times people don't really realize how much it costs to make uh, to make a record. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, on, the, on the on the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the low on house. Yeah, it is on the on the low end for one record is ten thousand dollars, and that's with no promotion. And so you still got to pay a radio person. You still got to pay a promoter, and and. Uh, you got so many things to pay for for the record. And remember, we play jazz, y'all. That's why we need y'all to go over to Bandcamp and buy this damn record. I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> you can't say, damn, they're not going to buy it then. Please buy nah, the record. They're going to buy it. They're going to buy it. 
please, 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 baby. Please. I think Thank your you. I think your voice sells the record. Um, Absolutely, you know, that's that's the most important part. Uh, was it, was so, there anything in a, a part of the process of recording and making an album that that caught you off guard or maybe surprised you about the whole experience? Uh, I think on the first day of recording, it was kind of, it was, I don't want to say it was difficult, but getting acclimated to not being in the same room with everybody. Like I could still see, you know, there was a, a line of, of sight as far as seeing everybody for endings and stuff like that. But when you, I'm so used to, especially in rehearsals, like being near like to everybody. So I think that was one thing that was, that was uh, hard for me to get adjusted to the first couple of, first couple of takes. Um, but other than that, I, my dad has a home studio here. So sometimes I do like parts for him on whatever project he's working on. So the, the studio aspect wasn't really new to me. Um, maybe just recording a full length album. That was the, that was the biggest thing, but um, mm -hmm. overall it was pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty easy, especially working with professional musicians and, a, and an experienced producer. It was a, it was a, it wasn't as as difficult or as as challenging as I expected it to be. All right, so now I'm gonna get down to a, a nitty gritty question. All right. All right. On your next on your next record on your next record, which you're gonna record here pretty soon, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna change up and record with some of the cats from school or some people that you're really close with? Or are you gonna stay on the path with? kind of reaching out to a different generation of cats. I've been thinking about and, that. And if, yeah. Okay. Because I I do want there to be a balance of of reaching out and getting experience playing with people who have been in it longer than I've been alive, as well as making those connections with people who are coming up with me. Um mm -hmm. so I'm I'm thinking about it. I think I think once I want to get at least a year or two of playing in and maybe even playing with the same group for a couple of months before, you know, before I venture into, into that nitty gritty question of yours. Okay. Well, I, I ask it because, you know, Greg, I play with a lot of singers. And, and so I think what I've learned is sometimes vocalists don't have the opportunity like Greg and I did to come up under somebody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and that can be detrimental sometimes. And it, seem, it seems like you're kind of, you're like, like you, you got on, you said, I want to be a side person. I was like, oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. that, that rarely happens uh, with the vocalist. Like, it, what's your thought process for that? For wanting to be a side woman? I don't know. Carmen McRae had Norman Simmons. Sarah Vaughn at one point had this piano player who's still alive. His name was Ron Elbright. Um, so uh, I, I just, I, I, I feel like I can't, I don't know, I can't lead where I've never been. Like the, there are piano players and there are, are accompanists, accompanists who have played with singers and who know, like they have the experience, they have the credentials, they have the, you know what I mean? So I feel like learning from those people will then, I'll be able to, to just t take in, I don't know, learn something different that I can take with me along my, my development um, that I wouldn't have otherwise gotten just being a leader or just, you know, being like, this is me and this is my sound. Like, of course, everything that I sing will be unique to me because nobody has my voice and vice versa. But um, I don't know, I think that's important to me too. I don't want to just be like, okay, I'm singing jazz now and, and I'm the leader. 
there are people who have been in it so much longer who I could learn from and who I could, you know, uh, grow as a result of being around. So. Wow. I love that answer. It says humility. And I love that because, you know, as, as, you know, as artists growing up, it's, it's important to acknowledge the fact that we don't know everything. And, you know, there are these cats, like you're saying, that have been around playing with, with the greats and, and, they could save you five years of your life real quick in just a five minute conversation. Mm-hmm. And as I'm listening to that too, I'm, I'm thinking I'm a teacher too. And so I interact with a lot of young people on a daily basis. And I feel like a lot of times you get, you get a perspective like yours and you also get the other perspective where it's like, you know, fuck you. I'm an artist. I'm going to do whatever I want. And you're just, <laughs> I don't want to mess with you. But, uh, but I, I, you know, can you talk about like, you know, again, mentorship is something that's huge in the, the jazz world that we live in. And um, I don't know, what, what are some things that you've learned from, from cats like John Faddis or Kenny Washington that, that maybe you could not have learned from your peer group as, uh, you know, just leaving school? I, I mean, I, I would say the biggest thing that I learned from them is respecting the tradition before before trying to come up with your own sound. Um, and because, you know, transcribing is in the tradition, listening to the music is in the tradition, knowing the, the history of your instrument is part of the tradition. And so, I would, yeah, I would say that's the main thing. And I think maybe young people are, just think that it's outdated or, or afraid to sound similar to somebody else but you know the reality is you never will so there's nobody that's going to sound exactly like bird but you can hear his influence and his children so to speak you know and almost well some some alto players as well as other instruments but (laughs) no shade but you know uh yeah i think that's the main thing that i've learned from them is to respect the tradition before you know and spending i I don't want to say paying your dues but just spending a considerable amount of time um, with the music before and, and gravitating towards what you love about it, um, while, uh, at the same time developing your own, your own musicianship, your own sound. And, and while, while we're kind of talking about that, what, what is it about the music that you love? Oof. It's quarter notes. Is that, is that a, is that <laughs> I love that. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Nah, nah, nah. I'm a drummer. Yeah, quarter notes. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's just it's the fact that I, I, maybe it's that well, that's with everything, but it's just you never really get there. You're always going to be a student, um, and there's so there's always something to learn. Um, and I find that listening, especially now getting more into singers like Carmen McRae, I'm like, man, like it's just it's every every singer, although they sometimes take from each other is so unique in their time, so unique in their phrasing and in their tone. And um, I, I, I mean, I really love, I just love taking little bits of what I've learned from people. Sometimes a little bit too much, like that lover man I was talking about earlier. I like work, like phrase for phrase, I know what she does and I try to do it whenever I sing the song and I'm like, come up with your own thing. <laughs> like, Stop it. <laughs> it's time to stop copying. But, you know, that, I mean, that's what I, I really love. I love the unique, the unique qualities in each artist that I listen to and that I come across. And there's always something to learn. It's a challenge and you never stop learning. And there's always something new and there's always something, something 
a new goal to strive for. And uh, yeah, so that's what I love about it. It's all beautiful music. That's dope. See, Samara, you're, you're in the minority of uh, any musician on the planet. And because you're, you're about to, I mean, one, because you're talented, like unbelievably talented, but also you, you have this opportunity uh, to go on the road. And so you're headed on the road in, in just a few, few short weeks to Europe. You're going to play Ronnie Skies due to the Lombard and the Umbria Jazz Festival, which, which, yeah. is, which is huge. And, you know, for you to be only 21 with these opportunities, like how do you plan on capitalizing on these opportunities and, and building into to your future success? I don't even know how I got these, if I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just like, I feel like I'm along for the ride. <laughs> I feel like I'm just along for the ride at this point. I, wanted, I want to focus on how to, how to capitalize on it. But right now, I'm, I'm just, I'm really like in disbelief that this is even, this is even happening. So quickly, it feels like. Um, so I think, I feel like just as these opportunities came along, then more of them will come in the future as long as I stay on the path that I've been on, um, we'll, we'll talk about capitalizing that. If once, once we know for sure that the performances are good, <laughs> we'll focus on and whether they liked it or not, <laughs> who, then we'll, you know, talk about, can you have me back next year? You know, then we'll, then we'll get into that. Yeah. About one, the one thing at a time. And now you just got to make the gig and make it happen. Make it do what it sure. do in terms of Roger Lewis. <laughs> yeah. have, you, have you been to Europe before? Uh, once I went to the Barry Harris, uh, Rome workshop in September of 2019. That was my first plane ride. I was very scared. Um, but yeah, but that was, it was really, it was really fun. It was really exciting. You're going to go to Umbria and the UK. Umbria, it's in Italy, right? Yeah. Yeah. This will be my first time performing yeah. in, in Europe. I'll say that. And Umbria is with the Emmy Cohen trio and London, oh, cool. Paris. Are Playing with, with the, the Not Cohen? Yeah. No, no Emmett. Emmett. Oh, wait, uh, Emmett, no, Emmett Cohen. Oh, Emmett that's Cohen, equally yeah. killing. <laughs> doesn't play clarinet, but you know, that's like totally killing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you can, you can probably whip one out if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just thinking back, thinking back on on because Greg Greg and I were around your age when we were playing in Europe also and in, in doing various festivals and stuff. And you know, just thinking back on it in the moments, we I, I know for me personally, I was I was dumb. So I didn't really, I didn't think it was, I thought everybody was doing it. You know, I was like, oh yeah, everybody's, this is what mm -hmm. it is to be a jazz musician. But as I got older, I realized like, oh, some people have opportunities and others don't. And it doesn't mean you're better or worse. And that's kind of why I asked that question. Like, like to see if, like, are you aware of what's happening? And, you know, because cause some people get it and other people's, people wait until they're 50. And, and get it yeah. or don't, you know? And, and I so feel really, I feel really grateful. And it's sometimes I almost, I won't say ashamed, but just like, I'm really new to this. And I don't want to take that for granted that all of these opportunities don't come to everybody. And yeah, I just, um, and I, I wasn't really on this like scene every night, like grinding, like a whole lot of these singers and musicians are. And so I, I know it's just sometimes I feel weird. I'm like, should I, should this be happening right now? Like, can I just, should I probably wait a couple of years before, you know, but um, I, I guess all I can say is I'm really grateful and um, yeah. 
hopefully I can, you know, capitalize on them and make them, make them, make them count, make those moments count. You will. Performing I'll tell you this without taking advantage of these opportunities. Without a doubt, you're supposed to be there without a doubt. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a vibe. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited for you. I do, Greg, I do want to play one more tune before we run out of time. But is that a cool? I'm going to play one more of your songs right now. Here we go. Jim doesn't ever bring me pretty flowers. He never tries to cheer my lonely hours. Don't know why I'm so crazy for Jim. He never tells me that I'm his heart's desire. I never seem to set his love afire. Gone are the years I've wasted on him. Sometimes when I get feeling low, I say, let's call it quits. Then I hang on and let him go, breaking my heart in bits. Someday I know that Jim will up and leave me. But even if he does, you can't believe me. I'll go on carrying the torch from my Jim. Jim doesn't ever bring me pretty flowers. He never tries to cheer my lonely hours. Don't know why I'm so crazy for Jim. You can't believe me. I'll go on 
carrying the torch from my heart, my soul, my love. Hey, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all right now, bro. Ooh. Hey, y'all need to go to her Instagram, go to her YouTube page, DM her. Hit like, like yo, hit, hit her with so many DMs that she released the record tomorrow because this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Not you subjecting me to my own voice in these headphones. Yeah, so oh, what's, what's that like? What's, uh, man, what's that like listening to yourself play that song? Because you said, you said something that muted yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say you didn't see anything, but uh, it feels it's very it's surreal, and obviously we're our own worst critic. So you know, I'm am in in the days since performing that song, I'm like, dang, I wish I had done that. You know, I wish I had tried this idea on the record and stuff like that. But overall, I I can't say I can't say I hate it. No, I'm kidding. I, I really love it. I'm like, uh, I'm just I don't know. I can't stop smiling. Maybe that's my answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. It's, uh, it's one of those things, I guess, as musicians, it's always kind of awkward to listen to ourselves perform and play. But at the same time, I think there's always a smile at the end of it, too, where it's like, damn, I did that. <laughs> and you know what happened? You know what happened? You asked me about something cool that happened. Uh, a couple months ago, I found out that Regina King, like, mentioned me in a Hollywood Reporter interview with Spike Lee and George Clooney and Chloe Zhao. And she was like, this girl, she looks like she's about 16 years old and Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughn are living in her body. And her <laughs> name is Samara Joy. I just, and I think the question was, what have you found in the pandemic that has brought you, you know, happiness and stuff like that? And she mentioned my name. And when I tell you, I, there are three floors in this house. I ran up and down every single one of these floors like I was in virtual church or something. So, you know, I find myself critiquing myself and then I'm like, you know, if Virginia King liked it, I'm okay with it. I can live with that. That's right. I can live with that take. <laughs> I love that, man. You know, sometimes it's, it's hard, like Greg said, it's hard for us to see it because we, we're, we hear all the mistakes, you know, but, but no one else does. Like even for me, it sounds perfect, and I love it, and it's swinging. And what more? What more do you want from a record? You know what I mean? Thank you. Um, no, what more do I want? I want Darren Douglas playing on it. That's hey, that's all, right, all, right, all right, I'm available. <laughs> I, I don't know who your drummer is. Hey, man, you're fired. It's, it's my game. Hey. <laughs> that's killing. And we and I get fifteen percent here since I, I'm a facilitator. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. We 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 do need to play one day, but uh, not Greg uh, drawing up the contracts. I know, as per our last agreement. As per our last agreement, yes, the, the terms will be uh, in perpetuity for the for for the extent of the universe and all multiverses found. Y'all funny man. Um, Listen. So, so, uh, Go well, ahead, but can I ask one more thing? So, you know, Go I, I'm, I'm going to honorarily anoint you into the old people club now since, since you know, you, you're touring the world and putting out records. But, you know, I think you, you, you're going to, you know, just my personal opinion, you're going to find yourself in a, a very unique spot being so young and having so much attention put your way from, again, like people of my generation. 
but you're also going to have a lot of young people looking up to you. And so that's why, you know, you are, you are an elder in certain senses. So I was wondering, you know, to all the, the young vocalists out there and all the young instrumentalists who are, who are dreaming about being in the position that you're in at 21, what kind of advice do you have to them? I don't want to be cliche, but I mean, I would say the advice would be to be true to yourself. Don't try to copy anybody else's path because it'll end up being counterfeit. Mm. So you have a unique, um, you have a unique, unique strengths that you have to offer this world, uh, a unique voice that people need to hear and um, unique interests, unique things that, and sounds that you are, that you naturally and organically gravitate towards. Um, so everything authentic, everything good, everything real about you, keep that and just just keep growing and learning that's that's the, the best advice that i have right now 21 year old me has to all the youngins the young bloods out there i love that that was such a beautiful answer and it was it was uh it was true and so i hope all the all the teen, teeny boppers out there y'all listening to this i like to call them jazz babies all the bam babies and jazz babies out <laughs> the there the jazz uh, kittens the jazz kittens <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys uh, take take heed. Uh, <laughs> Samara, we are coming up on time. And, and, and as we are, I would like to give you an opportunity to tell all the people where to link with you, how they, where, they, where, where the most appropriate place to DM you, where to buy your merchandise, and, and so on and so forth. Listen, if I'm going to be in the old people's club, y'all got to send me an email, okay? <laughs> so... <laughs> if you look on my, <laughs> if you look on my website, now we're gonna send you a, mes- a messenger pigeon. My, <laughs> a me- <laughs> not in, not any of those threads or anything like that. But um, if you if you want to go to my website and join my mailing list and find out where I'm playing next, SamaraJoy.com. Um, Instagram is SamaraJoySings. Facebook is SamaraJoy. Uh, that's where you'll find all the information. Anywhere there is social media, I am there. Right. So, what about yeah. the record? What, website. What, the 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 record too. The, if they want the vinyl, they go to the website. I'll put the link up in there. No, actually, if you join my mailing list, then I'll send you the link to okay. to how to pre-order CD and vinyl. Okay, dope. So everybody, go to samarajoy.com dot com. Dot com. And yes, sir. Join her mailing list, and she's gonna uh, she's gonna hit you guys with a special link so you can get that that vinyl. And maybe, maybe even, I don't know if people listen to CDs anymore, but maybe even a CD, I don't know. So, <clears throat> but in the link, you'll have, they'll, it'll show Apple Music, it'll show Spotify, okay, all that perfect. stuff. Perfect. It's going to have it all there. Samara, thank you so much for coming on the Working Artist Project. And thank y'all for having me. Absolutely. My name is Darian Douglas. And, uh, my name is Gregory Ajid, and uh, wishing you the, the best in your career. I hope we can have you on in five or 10 years and revisit this conversation to see what happens. <laughs> wow. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> but we're wishing you the best, and, and thank you so much for, for being you and creating such beautiful music to share with the world. And, and uh, we look forward to you know watching your growth as an artist. Thank you so much, y'all. Thank you for having me. Thank you for everything you do at Second Line Arts Collective. We appreciate you. Oh, thank you. This is the Working Artists Project, <laughs> and we'll catch y'all later. Peace.